Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. I'm excited because, as usual, I've got a very full show for you, a lot of good information. Wow, a lot's changed in this industry, and there's a big change that a lot of you out there won't necessarily recognize, but I think it's important, so I'm going to talk about that today. Something the FDA has done recently that... uh, well, it's kind of par for the course for how they do things. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about one small change that you can make coming into this cold and flu season that I think will be very um, helpful to you and your family. And um, I got a few other fun little things for you today as well. In fact, how about two small changes? One at the beginning of the show, one at the end of the show, uh, one having to do with your children or grandchildren and their oral health. We'll talk about that at the very end. Now, uh, again, if you want to call us, if you have any questions about anything you hear on the show, call us at 801-292-6662, and uh, you can reach us at Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful. Now, if you're not anywhere close by, I get calls all the time from people who have heard the show, and they're like, do you have a location out in Provo? Do you have a location up in Logan? Do you have a lo-? you know, all these different places that get the show that, well, we don't have a physical location. We live in the modern age, right? We can use uh, email and cell phones and all kinds of other things. And of course, we have UPS and FedEx and the U.S. mail and all these different things that we can do to get stuff to you and uh, get the information you need and the product you need as well. So give us a call, 801-292-6662. And now I want to jump right into something that uh, I think is pretty important. So cold and flu season rolls around, right? I mean, we this is just a perfect day for this because it's rainy, it's cooler, not cold, but cooler, right? We're, uh, you know, maybe not going to hit 60 degrees today. It doesn't look like. Been in the 50s and overnights have been in the 40s. And uh, it's that time of year. In the next month or so, unfortunately, here in the Salt Lake Valley, we'll be dealing with this inversion that rolls in a few times a year and traps all the nasty air in. There's all kinds of things that happen this time of year that make us more susceptible to illness, including being back in school or having your kids back in school, uh, being more indoors than outdoors because the weather isn't as good, being a little more closed in. And then, of course, when the holidays roll around, what happens? We're all going to parties and uh, not necessarily eating as healthy as we know how, maybe weakening our immune system, staying up later and getting less sleep and so on and so forth. And then, of course, we get less vitamin D from the sun. So there's lots of things that happen that make it the flu season because there is not really, there shouldn't be a flu season. The flu bug is alive and well all year long, but more of us get sick during this time of year because of all those you know, other things that are going on. And when we do get that scratchy throat or that, you know, mild irritation, that tickle, or maybe it's really sore or we have a cough that keeps us up at night or whatever, what do we reach for? Cough drops, throat lozenges, things like that, right? Most of us do, I think. Sometimes we'll go for cough syrup uh, or things like that. But I want to focus on cough drops today because this is a warning, Okay, this is really a warning that cough drops are 
probably mostly just candy if you're getting the wrong ones. Now, we all are familiar with those old Ludens. They've been around forever. Cough drops, not the ones with menthol, but the ones that just have pectin in them. And they taste better than the Lifesavers. You know, they're delicious. And as kids, we were hoping our parents brought those ones home, right? Not the menthol ones. The menthol ones are gross. But the cherry ones, oh my goodness, those are delicious, right? So we love those things. And sometimes even I, as a child, wondered, is this actually helping me? Do I actually care? Tastes really good. So I'm just going to keep eating it anyway. But what's in a Ludens? What makes it a throat drop? You actually technically can't call it a cough drop. It's not doesn't legally meet the requirements for a cough drop. So it's a throat drop. And it's really, you know, it tastes as good or better than a wild cherry lifesavers. And there's a reason for that. It has in it a little bit. And when I say a little bit, I'm talking a little bit. 1.7 milligrams, which <laughs> you could barely see on your fingertip of something called pectin, which comes from fruit or vegetables, that is uh, supposed to go in there and kind of soothe and coat an irritated throat. And while that is true that pectin can do that, when we're talking about 1.7 milligrams, your throat has a lot of surface area. And I'm telling you right now that 1.7 milligrams isn't going to coat much of it. So what is this thing that we call a throat drop? Well, we need to look at the inactive ingredients in order to find out. Ascorbic acid, citric acid. What are those? Citric acid, of course, is uh, found in citrus fruits, things like that, although most citric acid now is is, uh, man-made. But ascorbic acid is vitamin C, so there's something that's useful in there, right? Vitamin C is good for us. It's good for us if we have a cold. But what about corn syrup? FD&C blue number one, FD&C blue number two, FD&C red 40. Flavors. (laughs) <laughs> what does that mean? Flavors. If you don't know already, flavors can mean anything. I mean, it's artificial, natural, whatever. It it means nothing. And we don't know what it means because for some reason it's a proprietary thing that the FDA doesn't require them to tell what's actually in the flavors. And then malic acid, another acid. And then sodium acetate. That doesn't sound so good. Sodium chloride, soybean oil, and sucrose. So that's what's in Alludens. And that is interesting, because if you were to look at the back of, say, a wild cherry lifesavers, it would have one less artificial color, uh, the same amount of, or same types of sugars, and pretty much it's the same thing, minus that 1.7 milligrams of pectin, which isn't enough to do anything. So if you're getting a benefit from Alludens, I'm here to tell you right now that the benefit is probably a placebo effect. And the sugar in there is really bad for your sore throat. We all know this, right? We have a sore throat, we eat something sugary and the throat hurts worse. Sugar's inflammatory. It creates irritation and it weakens our immune system. So we may want to avoid those. But what about the other stuff? What about like uh, halls? Uh, is that a good cough drop? You know, those things are the menthol ones, right? And they, they don't taste as good as Ludens, but they're you know, they're passable. They're not bad. We can eat those things. They're kind of okay. What's in one of those? Well, those have menthol. And menthol has a drug claim that's legal in this country because it soothes and cools. It helps to open up the passages. And all of that's true. And I am not 
in any way a detractor of menthol. I think menthol has some real benefit to it. So the Halls actually does create a benefit. You put one of those in your mouth, you do one of those things, and you can feel it going up into your sinus passages and feel it going down your esophagus and kind of opening things up and cooling things down, making you feel a little bit better. It's pretty temporary, right? But it does help, makes you feel better. And sometimes one of those will help you get to sleep when you can't stop coughing. So that's great. But what else is in a Hall's Wild Cherry cough drop? Well, eucalyptus oil is the next ingredient. Good for them. They actually put something natural in there that has some more benefit. That's part of why you feel that cooling, soothing relief. And then it's got blue number two and red number 40 and glucose syrup, which is just another kind of sugar and flavors, those infamous flavors and soy lecithin and sucralose and artificial sweetener and sucrose, table sugar, and water. So really, once you get past eucalyptus oil, until you get to water, there's not much redeeming quality in a Hall's cherry, wild cherry cough drop either. Now, why is this an issue? Why do we not want to put this stuff in our bodies? This is an interesting thing. If you have a hard time swallowing pills or you don't like to swallow pills or you like the idea of more of an instant relief from a liquid or a chewable or something like that, and you go to the drug aisle to buy that, whether it's a cough drop or a cough syrup or a Tylenol or an ibuprofen or whatever, and you look at the other ingredients, the inactive ingredients, the non-drug ingredients, they're bad. They really are. They use the worst stuff in there. And it's just not good, especially if you're going to try and give this stuff to your kids. So do we have alternatives? Are there things that actually work, that do what a Halls does, that actually taste pretty good, that don't have all this crap in them? Because this is just candy. I mean, it really is candy. In the case of Halls, it's candy with menthol, so it's candy with some added benefit. In the case of Ludens, it's really just candy. Yeah, there actually is a brand of cough drops that I discovered a few years ago that I have fallen in love with. They're called Zand, Z-A-N-D, Zand Cough Drops. Now, I'm only going to go through one of the flavors, but no kidding, they have about 12 different varieties. They have some very herbal ones. They have some with menthol, some without. They have some with things like elderberry that I've talked about a lot on Vitality Radio, which is awesome for uh, viral infections and things like that. They've got some great stuff. Let's just compare their active menthol, it's called, against the one that we just talked about from Halls. Okay, so they both have menthol as the main ingredient, and then the secondary ingredient is eucalyptus. So they are the same there. What is the sweetener source of a Zand throat lozenge? It's brown rice syrup, which has a very low glycemic level, low glycemic index, so it doesn't spike your blood sugar quite as much. It's more soothing uh, to the body and less inflammatory to the body. And then there's some great stuff in there in the what are called, quote, unquote, inactive ingredients. Whorehound, hyssop, licorice, mullein, peppermint, sage, slippery elm, and thyme. Now, I'm going to go through these, just a, a few of them, not all of them, and tell you what they do and why they're in there. But first, I want to talk about what is an inactive ingredient. So an inactive ingredient, according to FDA, is just basically something that is not the drug. It's pretty much whatever else is in the product. And if you have a product that has menthol in it and you're calling it a drug, which you can legally do in this country, then anything that isn't menthol, unless it's another drug, is inactive. But 
that's a horrible name. Other ingredients makes more sense, or ingredients that are non-drugs, or something along those lines. But in the FDA's infinite wisdom, they've chosen inactive as the word, which is just not right, because all ingredients are active in some way, either good or bad. In the case of the Halls and the the other uh, cough drops, the primary brands of cough drops on the market, it's the inactive ingredients are garbage, stuff that are actually worse for your cold, not better. But in the case of Zan, they choose ingredients that matter, that are technically, according to the government, inactive, but according to your body, I would say quite active. Let's talk about Whorehound. You may have heard of the old Whorehound candies, or maybe you tried them. They kind of do what menthol does, right? Kind of open everything up. Some of the more, uh, what I would call, traditional uses um, of uh, Whorehound and some of these herbs are what I'm going to talk about. Now, these are not drugs, and these are not drug claims. These are things that have been they've been traditionally used for, and in some cases, there's some science to back these up, and in other cases, not a lot. A lot of it's anecdotal. But these are the things that people use these for. Whorehound has certain antibiotic, antimicrobial properties that make it a natural wellness booster by protecting the immune system from pathogens and foreign agents. Whorehound can reduce the stress on your immune system and help to keep it prepared for more important health concerns. How about hyssop? It's actually known as a natural herbal expectorant. This is yet uh, one of the main beneficial properties of hyssop, although there are many more. It's it's good remedy to uh, loosen phlegm that has been tightly deposited in the respiratory tracts. This keeps the respiratory system warm and stops any further deposition of phlegm. Uh, moreover, it helps to cure the infections due to common colds. So those are two of the main ing- uh, inactive ingredients. How about licorice root? Uh, it's known to, uh, traditionally to boost immunity. It helps to improve the immune defense mechanism of the body. It also helps in elevating the levels of interferon, which is a big deal. That's an antiviral agent, which along with uh, glycerhyzinic acid, which is also in licorice, stimulates the action of immune cells and helps to combat infectious viruses and bacteria. How about mullein? Oh, mullein has some amazing traditional uses. Uh, also as an expectorant, loosens coughs or, f- uh, or phlegm that are deposited in the lungs and respiratory tracts, helps to give relief uh, from cough, heaviness in the chest, breathing troubles, uh, asthma, bronchitis, congestion, and respiratory disorders. So we're talking about some really, really useful things there that have some great traditional use, along with the drug, menthol, that, uh, of course, is a one of the few drugs that I really am a big fan of because it's actually natural and, and does some good things. And while it does have some side effects, if you take a lot of it, it's pretty safe stuff. And it really works. And you might be thinking, well, if I switch from my halls or my Ludens that I can get at Walmart or Walgreens or whatever, you know, am I going to be happy with that because maybe it doesn't taste as good? Uh, well, I'll tell you, the Zand lozenges do not taste as good as a Ludens wild cherry lozenges. They just don't because they're not candy. But they taste pretty good. They're really, they're quite pleasant is probably the best way to put it. And there's a bunch of different flavors. Some of them have zinc in it, which we know has been clinically proven to cut a cold in half in many cases. Some of them have elderberry, which has been shown to be extremely effective against viruses. And so there are so many things in these Zan lozenges that are so great besides just being cough suppressants. But what about the cost? Aren't these things way more expensive because they have all these natural ingredients in them? No, not really. At Target right now or Walgreens, you can pick up a 30-count Hall's Cherry cough drop for 
a bag of 30 the zand normally 18 which is a lot less right 30 versus 18 but only 299 so just a little bit more expensive and right now at vitality especially if you mentioned vitality radio you can get two for five bucks at the same price they're selling the halls for right now over at walgreens you can pick up a couple of zand you know, mix and match the flavors and get them in there now this is important when do we have a hard time sleeping because of a cough Nighttime, right? Like midnight. You know when these places like Walgreens and Walmart have the people stumbling through the cold and flu aisle at Walgreens at midnight and one o'clock are the ones that are desperate for relief <laughs> and they didn't have any cough drops at home. So stock up now. Get them in your medicine cabinet, your uh, you know bathroom drawer, wherever you keep your cough drops. Come get the good stuff. The Zand cough drops are amazing. You'll love them. I use them at my house. They are awesome and you can get them for two for five bucks right now at vitality okay so there you go one change a very simple change to get away from some more toxic cough drops to some that actually are non-toxic and actually have much more benefit the Zand cough drops you got to give them a shot i'm going to cut to a break when i come back we are going to run the morning rant yes i have something to rant about and yes it concerns the f D-A. That almost never happens on Vitality Radio. Well, it's going to happen again today. And so uh, there you go. I'll be back. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns, naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email. Info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. I just went through this one small change thing, switching from something like Ludens or Halls to Zand. I'm going to try and do that more often because there's a lot of little changes you can make that can make you a lot healthier, and these incremental changes can make a big difference. And now I must do what I do every Saturday, and that is get a little bit off my chest. It's time for the morning rant.
In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Yes, indeed. The morning rant. Okay, so here's the deal. FDA uh, recently made some changes to their food, um, the Nutrition Facts panel, and I actually think they're great. Added sugars are going to be on there now. That's very, very cool. Starting to see that pop up. They did some good things there. Uh, That being said, they just really recently uh, changed the Supplement Facts panel, and along with the Facts panel changes, they've changed some of what are called the RDAs. Now, what is an RDA? Recommended Daily Allowance. What is a recommended daily allowance anyway? You want to talk about consumer confusion. If you're confused by this, if you're looking at your multivitamin, your B vitamin that you got at uh, a health food store, and uh, or heck, even the, the drug store, if you're looking at a B vitamin, and you're looking at a supplement facts panel, and it says vitamin B1, 100 milligrams, and that's 6,660 times the RDA, you're thinking, why would I want to take 6,000 times the RDA of B1? Isn't that going to hurt me? Okay, so let's clear the air just a little bit about RDA. When the RDA was originally established, way back when, we're talking about 70 years plus ago that that was established, it was established to try to prevent deficiency diseases, things like scurvy and rickets. When was the last time you bumped into someone who was dealing with scurvy or rickets? I'm going to guess never. I certainly never have. And I work in a health food store where people come for problems like that. They don't come for scurvy and rickets because we don't have that. That stuff's been eradicated in our country. Why? Because of the scurvy vaccine? No, no, no. Because it's just not that hard to get enough vitamin C now. It's in food. Heck, you get a little vitamin C when you eat one of those crappy Hall's cough drops. Vitamin C is just not that hard to come by anymore, and, and, and what they determined back in the day was that 60 milligrams of vitamin C was enough to prevent scurvy. Okay, good for them. Does that mean it's enough to keep you healthy? Because there is a big difference in what is recommended to keep you from dying versus what is recommended to keep you optimally alive. Right? We call this vitality radio, because what is vitality? It's not just barely hanging on. It's feeling good. It's seeing a day that's gray outside and saying, this is awesome. Now I have the cover of clouds to get out and finish cleaning up my yard, and I feel good enough to do it. That's vitality. We don't want to just barely be alive. We want to be feeling great. We want to be vital. And the RDA was never designed for that. The RDA was designed to keep you from dying from deficiency disease. Literally, okay? So when you see a vitamin like Centrum, the number one selling vitamin in this nation, and it has 100% of the RDA of all these things, it's not doing you a lot of good because you can get that same 100%, and this is not an exaggeration, and a couple bowls of tricks. Yeah, yeah, you can get what you need of the RDA and a couple bowls of tricks and taste better than Centrum. I'm not saying it's better for you, but, you know, you get my point. 
there's just not that much in the RDA. So the RDA was designed to keep you from dying. What oftentimes more nutrition-minded people, naturopathic doctors and health and wellness people will talk about is something called the ODA, which is unofficial. It's not a government standard. There's optimal daily allowance. And that's a lot different. Most people would say instead of 60 milligrams of vitamin C, it might be 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C or 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C or something like that. So when you're looking at your B-complex at your local health food store, you come into Vitality and you say, yeah, I need a B-complex because I heard that's good for stress. Um, But I'm looking at it and like this stuff 6,000 times, 5,000 times, 8,000 times the uh, the recommended daily allowance. Isn't this going to hurt me? Mm, it's confusing, right? So what did FDA do to fix things? Uh, not much, really. Did, did they fix much with this? They fixed a couple things. We will not see IUs anymore. We'll see milligrams and micrograms instead, which is good because IUs are confusing. People don't know what an IU is, but they kind of know what a milligram is. At least it's a weight they've heard of. Now, in America, we're still dealing with ounces, right? And not grams and milligrams, but you know, at least we kind of can recognize what that is and we can compare it to other things. So that's good. They, f- they changed that. I like that. But let's go back to those B vitamins. So now vitamin B6, which used to be a two milligram RDA, is now 1.7 milligram. <laughs> they actually lowered it. And vitamin B6 is so good for you for so many things. It's one of the big protectors of the nervous system. And the nervous system is under attack in this country, man. More and more people with neuropathy and neuromas and things like that. More and more people getting Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease and MS and things like that that are nervous system-related diseases. And maybe a little more B6 might be very useful for that, but the RDA has gone down. Panathenic acid. Who's under stress? Raise your hand. You stressed out a little bit sometimes? Sometimes I ran about stuff, and that's maybe stressful too. But anyway, stress, yeah, big deal, right? It affects your adrenal glands. And one, what's one of the big protectors of the adrenal glands? Pantothenic acid, vitamin B5. Used to be 10 milligrams was the RDA, which was woefully underpotent. And now it's five? It's five? Even though we know pantothenic acid is very, very safe, it's five milligrams now. So they, they went backwards on a few things. Now, they did some things that are interesting. Vitamin C went from 60 to 90. Good job. So happy, FDA. You got one thing kind of right. 90 milligrams of vitamin C is better than 60. And they've got some research to prove that. 500 milligrams is better than 90. But, you know, hey, we got something going there. That's a little bit of improvement. Vitamin K went from 80 micrograms to 120. That's good. That's really good. Because in a minute, I'm going to talk about osteoporosis in this country. And how vitamin K is a big player in that. So we went 50% up on vitamin K. That's a congratulations to FDA. They got that one kind of right. Uh, how about chromium? Chromium, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's take chromium from 120 micrograms down to 35 micrograms. Because we know, we know clinically, very, very good clinical evidence that diabetics and pre-diabetics benefit from at least 200 micrograms of chromium per day, and we went from 120 to 35. Diabetes is epidemic in this country. Even the government admits that. So let's reduce chromium, which controls blood sugar, because why? Because why? Because guess what? The FDA didn't give us any guidance on why they did these changes. They just did them. 
I haven't seen anything. I looked and looked and looked. I dug around. I Googled like crazy trying to figure out where's the FDA's uh, explanation. Why? Why is chromium now one instead of 120 micrograms, 35 micrograms on the RDA? I have no idea. A horrible recommendation. Horrible. Makes no sense. Magnesium went up from 400 to 420. Not much of a rise, but we know 70% of Americans are probably deficient in magnesium. So a little more is better than a little less, like they're doing on almost everything else. So that's good, right? Yeah. So they did some things, sort of kind of not that bad. But selenium went down 70 micrograms to 55 when we know clinically proven that men and women benefit in prevention of prostate cancer, the number one cancer in men in this country, one in seven of us have it or getting it. And if we have 200 micrograms of selenium, it decreases our odds dramatically. So we went from 70 to 55 because who wants less prostate cancer in this country? Not the FDA, clearly, right? What about breast cancer? Is that one a big scary one? Susan Coleman coming out here next month, going to pink wash the NFL and yo play yogurt and everything else. For breast cancer awareness, well, so you know what Susan Coleman Foundation ought to be doing right now? They ought to be talking about how the FDA lowered selenium from 70 micrograms to 55 micrograms, which is terrible because 200 micrograms of selenium is very preventative of breast cancer. But we don't care about preventing cancer in this country, do we? We care about cancer awareness and cancer treatment and cancer cures because it's more fun to have cancer and cure it than it ever is to just not get it in the first place, right? No, it's not right. It's terrible. Everybody here, within the sound of my voice listening right now, knows someone or is someone who has dealt with cancer. And yet, why is the FDA taking away tools rather than increasing them to prevent this horrible disease? It makes no sense, does it? Eh, Maybe not. Maybe not. What about calcium? Let's talk about something really simple, calcium. Don't we need calcium? Doesn't the Dairy Council of America say we should be drinking 19,000 gallons of milk a day to prevent osteoporosis, right? We need to drink lots of milk. And now we're talking about how we should drink a glass of chocolate milk after <laughs> after we exercise. So good for us. That 27 grams of sugar. Come on. What's the deal with osteoporosis, really? I've taken this up in a full show on Vitality Radio, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do just a little snippet here. But this is a big deal. We went from a 1,000 milligram current recommended dose of calcium to 1,300 milligrams. Why? 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 Nobody knows. Because here we are in America. The land of the free, the home of the brave, Americans dealing with more osteoporosis than any first world nation. What else do we do? Lots of calcium. Man, we use a lot of calcium in this country. There are a lot of people that are in the naturopathic side of things, kind of the natural side, that think we're calcium toxic. That's where all our kidney stones and bone spurs and heel spurs, heart disease might be coming from. Really? That's scary. Heart disease from too much calcium? How? What? How is that possible? Well, it's kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, it's actually a problem because 
hardening of the arteries, hardening of the arteries, and calcification of the arteries, that's a real thing, right? Calcium doesn't always go to the bones because sometimes we get too much calcium and we cause more problems. Did you know that people in this country, this this country, as well as people in Sweden where calcium consumption is very high, have a higher uh, death rate, higher death rate when they take over 1,400 milligrams of calcium a day than when they take between 600 and 1,400 milligrams. And now we're bumping it from 1,000 to 1,300. We're dying of heart disease at a higher rate at 1,400 milligrams of calcium. So let's push the envelope and get us right to 1,300 because heart disease isn't killing enough people in this country. But wait, what? Huh? What are you talking about, Jared? My doctor said I need more calcium because I'm getting osteoporosis. I've got osteopenia and I'm getting osteoporosis. So what do I do? Well, we consume more calcium in this country than any other country. And we have a huge rate of osteoporosis. And it's going up, 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 up. 51% of Americans, 51% of us are taking calcium as a supplement. And yet osteoporosis rates are on the rise in this country. Calcium, more calcium, enough calcium does not equal less osteoporosis. It just doesn't. Is it important? Yes. Do we need it? Yes. Do we get enough? Probably we do in our diets. If we're dairy consuming Americans, which most of us are, we're probably getting enough because it's fortified all over the place, too. So the question is, why is it not making our bones stronger? Why are we still osteoporotic? Well, because we're not absorbing it. We're not utilizing it. So the FDA, in their infinite wisdom, moves us from 1,000 to 1,300 milligrams of calcium on their RDA and moves magnesium from 400 to 420, vitamin K from 80 to 120, both in the right direction, but both not nearly proportionately equivalent to what they did with calcium. And that is a problem because vitamin K is what takes calcium from the blood and puts it into the bone. It's really important. It's a big deal. It helps to keep our veins elastic instead of (laughs) calcifying. Sorry. And magnesium is a big deal too because most of us are deficient in it. And the more calcium we take, the more magnesium we have to use to help balance out the calcium intake. So we ought to be taking about equal magnesium to calcium, but not according to FDA. We ought to take 1,300 calcium and 420 magnesium. And guess what? Calcium deficiency isn't why we have osteoporosis in the first place. So if the RDA really is to prevent disease, like scurvy and rickets, then why is calcium, this massive quantity, 1,300 milligrams, and vitamin C is 90 Come on. It's the dairy council. It's lobbyists. They say, man, if we can get calcium up to 1,300 milligrams, people drink more milk. Yay. More milk, more business. Awesome. And at the same time, they'll get more xenoestrogens because we're poisoning the cows with these hormones to get them to produce milk 24-7. So that's good. And xenoestrogens are awesome, right? Because they screw with all the other endocrine system, which probably creates more osteoporosis. So what do we do with all this fantastic information that the FDA has given us? This is what we need to do. It's really quite simple. Ignore the RDA. I'm asking you to ignore the RDA. It's not valid. It's not valuable 
you're going to get your 1.7 milligrams of B1 whether you try or not. It's just going to happen. You're going to get your 60 to 90 milligrams of vitamin C. There are very few things in the RDA that you're not just going to get anyway. There are some. Magnesium. You might not be getting 400 milligrams of magnesium. My guess is you're not. You're probably not getting enough vitamin K. And you're probably not getting the 1,300 milligrams of calcium they're asking for, but maybe that's a good thing. Because the calcium they want you to take, generally speaking, doctors recommending Oscal, Citrical. Go down to Costco and get Kirkland Calcium plus Vitamin D. All this stuff is mined from a rock. And we put it in our bodies and say, hey, treat this like food, because it isn't. And our bodies are pretty smart, and they do some cool things with it. But they can't turn a rock into something all that usable for the human body. That's almost a miraculous process. And our bodies are awesome and miracles in many ways. But did you know the average absorption of calcium like true absorption of calcium is like 4 to 10% in this country. You just don't get that much of it. Some of it goes to other places, like into our arteries. So let's be a little more cautious about that, and let's educate ourselves outside of just what that one source of all-knowing wisdom the U.S. government is trying to give us. Because what we ought to be doing, what there ought to be an RDA for, is weight-bearing exercise. Yeah, we should do that about 30 or 40 minutes a day. That would help prevent osteoporosis. We know that. That would also help to prevent something called sarcopenia, which is basically osteoporosis of the muscle tissue. We keep our skeleton healthier because our musculoskeletal system is healthier and we're stronger all the way around. But this huge increase in calcium absorption or consumption, it makes no sense. And the decrease in selenium, come on, people. And I'm not talking about you listening. I'm talking about you at the government, you FDA people. We're going to drop chromium. We're in the middle of a epidemic for diabetes. We're in the middle of an epidemic of heart disease. And we're increasing calcium, which calcifies the arteries. And it hasn't reduced osteoporosis at all. And we're giving you less chromium. Let's get less chromium because we don't want those blood sugar balancing minerals in there. That would be terrible. Absolutely terrible. So it's just more of the same, right? It's just more of the same. So if you have questions about those things, give us a call. 801-292-6662, Vitality Nutrition. And uh, we'll try and help you make sense of it. Because there are some important things that you need to supplement, magnesium being one of them, um, if you're dealing with uh, bone loss, and, and vitamin K being a huge deal if you're dealing with bone loss. Big, 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 big deal. And if you don't know about vitamin K, and you're confused about vitamin K, and you're wondering what the difference is between K1 and K2 and all that stuff, come talk to us. We'll help you understand that, because that's a big deal when it comes to your bones. Probably a lot bigger than calcium at this point as is magnesium, as is vitamin D. Okay, so I've got to cut to another break. When I come back, I'm going to talk about something interesting. You know, at the beginning of the show, I talked about swapping out your Ludens and your Halls cough drops for something called Zand herbal lozenges, which are amazing. Seriously, these are great. And we're doing them for two for five bucks. They're as cheap as the stuff you get in the grocery stores. And they're actually healthy. They don't have nine different artificial colors and sweeteners and 
just garbage all over them. And they actually work. They help. They're really good. They even taste pretty good. When I come back, I'm going to talk about toothpaste. Not the toothpaste you use. The toothpaste you're using on your children's toothbrushes. Or that your kids are using on, their, on your grandchildren's toothbrushes. And we're going to talk about the warning. The warning, the poison warning that's on that tube. And what maybe you don't know about toothpaste that you need to know when we come back. My name is Jared St. Clair, and you're listening to Vitality Radio. Insurgent Sports Nutrition is a brand new sports supplement company with a unique philosophy. Refuse to conform. In the sports nutrition industry, one company starts something and has some success and everyone else tends to follow their lead. What you end up with is a bunch of Me Too products that don't add up to anything special. What you typically see on the market are formulas with all kinds of ingredients that look good on the label, but do very little to advance your training and performance. At Insurgents, our motto is, everything you need, nothing you don't. While many brands put the right ingredients in a product, most don't put the right dose. There are clinical trials for a reason, to prove not only if an ingredient works, but also how much of that ingredient it takes to provide the desired effect. At Insurgents, we won't add an ingredient to a formula unless we can add the clinically effective dose. Our first formula is our Insurgents pre-workout. Pre-workouts nowadays are a dime a dozen. They even sell them at the big box stores. The vast majority of pre-workouts on the market are overdosed on caffeine and other stimulants and underdosed on the stuff that actually increases your performance. Insurgents pre-workout has all of the most critical ingredients to improve endurance, strength, energy, and without the crash that comes with a megadose of stimulants. Insurgents pre-workout comes with or without caffeine and has no additional stimulants. If you want a truly effective, hype-free pre-workout that tastes great, is free of artificial colors, and absolutely does the job, refuse to conform and join the Insurgents. For more information about Insurgents pre-workout, call Vitality Nutrition, 801 292 6662. That's 801 292 6662. One thing that I want to talk to you about, because it's near and dear to my heart, is what we put in our children's mouths, right? So we think often, I think as parents, we think about, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables and uh, snacks. Uh, interesting thing, my little guy, almost five. Just finished playing soccer uh, for the you know fall season. He had six games, um, and uh, you know what's the thing, right? There's halftime treats, and there's uh, at the end of game treats, and depending on the parent, sometimes those are healthier than others. I saw Oreos with orange, white stuff. What is that stuff they put in the middle of Oreos? You know, the stuff is usually white. I don't know what it is. It's not food. <laughs> it was orange. And I don't know why. I don't understand that. It's Halloween, right? Who cares? Do we need to put all that artificial color in there? I guess we do. It sells Oreos. Uh, and, you know, Capri Suns and uh, stuff like that. But then sometimes there was grapes. And sometimes there were uh, mandarin oranges. And sometimes there were, um, like, kind of healthy snacks. Cool. Good for you, parents. People are starting to pay a little more attention to what they're putting in their kids' mouths, right? 
I see all over the place now. Costco, Smith's, Harmon's, all these places. They've got Annie's, mac and cheese, you know, instead of the Kraft mac and cheese. Well, of course, they have the Kraft stuff too, right? Um, why does Kraft sound like crap sometimes when you're on the radio? It almost sounds the same. Anyway, Annie's um, makes really good mac and cheese, like really, like it tastes better than the other stuff, and it's healthier, and it's about twice as expensive, and that's okay because it's 10 times better. But what about toothpaste? Do we think about what we're doing with our toothpaste? Have you ever been uh, looking at your uh, toothpaste? Uh, maybe it's Colgate or it's uh, Crest, you know, for kids. These are the kids' toothpaste. They're usually like a, a bubble mint flavor or, or bubble fruit or bubble gum or whatever, you know, because they're, they're appealing to children and their flavors. So they don't usually like mint that much. A lot of kids don't want a peppermint toothpaste, right? That happens when you get a little older. So they like the bubble stuff, and they like the sparkles. Oh, my gosh. Do kids like sparkles and toothpaste or what? Absolutely they do. Of course they do. They like sparkles. Girls especially. Holy cow. I don't know if those sparkles help your teeth or not. Maybe maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, but uh, the point is that we need to pay maybe a little more attention to what we're putting in our kids' toothpaste because in 1970 – 1970, um, the government said, or sorry, 1990, not 70, 1990, the government said that we need to add a warning on the toothpaste. And so now if it has fluoride in it, this is what it says. Keep out of reach of children under six years of age. Now, this is toothpaste that's recommended for kids over two years of age. Okay. Keep out of reach of children under six years of age, if you accidentally swallow more than used for brushing, seek professional help or contact a poison control center immediately. Now, that's an interesting thing, right? What? Huh? Okay, so let's just walk through this for a minute. Your kid's two years old. You're putting maybe the, well, hopefully the appropriate amount, which they say is a pea-sized portion of this fluoride toothpaste on their toothbrush, you're brushing their teeth, and then you're trying to help them figure out how to spit it out. But two-year-olds, come on, they don't know how to spit it out really that much, right? But then what, what about when your kid gets independent? You have a kid like mine who's like, yeah, I think I would rather just dress myself now. I'm four, I'm a big boy, and I've dad i want to do my toothpaste i want to put it on the toothbrush i want to brush my teeth i don't need your help anymore right so then there's this battle no you brush them first and then i'll brush them some more make sure you got all the right spots right you know the drill if you had kids or you have kids you know you know the drill right but this is an interesting thing because we're now talking about a poison warning on the toothpaste that contains fluoride because it's dangerous like literally dangerous. Listen to this. This is according to uh, uh, fluoridealert.org. Okay, fluoride toothpaste. It's old in the U.S. Generally contain between a thousand, eleven hundred and fourteen hundred parts per million of fluoride, the equivalent of over one milligram of fluoride for each gram of paste. Although the fine print on the back of the toothpaste tube instructs users not to swallow. And to use only a pea-sized amount, the advertisements depict heaping swirls of paste on the brush. Don't they? Yeah, they do. And manufacturers continue to market fluoride toothpaste in bubblegum, fruit, candy-like flavors. Using uh, child-appealing flavors is 
particularly dangerous because young children have poorly developed swallowing refluxes, reflexes, sorry, and invariably swallow large amounts of the paste they add to the brush. So, not surprisingly, numerous studies have found that many children ingest a significant amount of fluoride each day from toothpaste alone. In fact, according to the Journal of Public Health Dentistry, virtually all authors have noted that some children could ingest more fluoride from toothpaste alone than is recommended as a total daily fluoride ingestion. That makes a major risk for dental fluorosis, which is basically your teeth getting messed up from too much fluoride. White splotches, streaks, things like that can show in the teeth. But how about acute poisoning? Uh, the poison warning happened in uh, 19, uh, it was 1997. Sorry, I was looking for that when I said not 1990. So that's relatively new, right? In fact, my first child was born in 97. So the FDA requires this warning because children who swallow too much fluoride toothpaste can suffer acute poisoning, even death. In fact, a single tube, listen to this, this is important. A single tube of bubblegum flavored Colgate for Kids toothpaste contains enough fluoride that's 143 milligrams, to kill a child weighing less than 66 pounds. Now, of course, your child's not going to probably suck an entire tube of Colgate down their throat and die from it. But in 2002, a child did die from that. And it's only been once since the fluoride warning came out in 1997 that a kid has died from acute fluoride poisoning. But while that is rare... Acute fluoride poisoning occurs at doses as low as 0.1 to 0.3 milligrams per kilogram of body weight, and it's not rare at all. And that can manifest itself as gastric pain, nausea, vomiting, headache, dizziness, flu-like symptoms. How many times has your kid had any of those symptoms, and you don't know where it's coming from? Gastric pain, nausea, vomiting, headache, dizziness, or flu-like symptoms? Because how do you know where that stuff comes from, right? It comes from all kinds of places. They could have the flu. They could have, could have been something they ate. What? Maybe is huh? Maybe it's their toothpaste. Is that possible? Maybe. A child weighing ten kilograms, about twenty-two pounds, would only need to ingest one to three grams of paste. That's three percent of a tube of Colgate for kids to experience one or more of these symptoms. Is that possible? Yes, because kids love the taste of that toothpaste. They do, right? And it's sparkly. And if your kids are like my kids, it's hard to get them to spit it out. They just pretty much swallow it. So although it's believed that many poisoning incidents from fluoride toothpaste go undiagnosed and unreported, the number of calls to poison control centers in the U.S. for fluoride poisoning from toothpaste has skyrocketed since the FDA poison warning was issued. Indeed, in the early 90s, there were about 1,000 poisoning reports a year. Today, there are over 23,000 poison reports per year. Isn't that interesting? So, one, beware of what you're putting in your kid's mouth. But two, it's not just the poison, the fluoride part, but what about the other stuff? The other stuff's bad. What's the inactive ingredient in that toothpaste? Sorbitol, water, hydrated silica. No, none of that's too bad. PEG-12, I don't like that too much. Uh, cellulose gum. Sodium lauryl sulfate. That's uh, a known carcinogen. 
causes cancer. Flavor. There we're back to flavor again. If you heard the beginning of the show, flavor. What is that? Uh, sodium saccharin, an artificial sweetener that has been linked to cancer in rats, anyway. Mica, titanium dioxide, FDNC yellow number ten, and FDNC blue number one. Not good stuff. So what do you use? I recommend something that I really, really like for kids. It's called Xyla White Kids Toothpaste Gel, made by a company called Now Foods, and it's awesome. And they have an, a functional ingredient in there called xylitol that is 25% of what is in there, along with no garbage. There is no garbage in this toothpaste. And guess what? It's bubblegum flavored. And guess what? I've got a 7-year-old and a 4-year-old who love it. They really, really like the taste. And it comes in strawberry and orange, too. But the bubblegum is really good. And why is xylitol good instead of fluoride? Because xylitol actually has some awesome evidence behind it. It really works really, really well. In fact, in most other countries, xylitol is now becoming uh, as popular as fluoride. But boy, here, it just gets kind of pushed back, pushed back. Xylitol is interesting, though. We know that one gram of xylitol chewed in the mouth as a mint or a piece of gum after meals is as effective or more effective than brushing with fluoride and preventing cavities. So maybe brushing your teeth with xylitol toothpaste a couple times a day, whether you're an adult or a child, chewing xylitol gum, which, by the way, tastes great. I mean, it really does. It tastes as good as any of the other stuff. After each meal could be really helpful, really, really helpful. And guess what? There's none of the crap in there. So look into that. And, and, and you know what? It's about the same price, too. The stuff's like three-something a tube. It's not a big deal. And it works. It works really, really well. Your kids will love it. Your grandkids will love it. Xyla White tooth gel, a natural alternative to the stuff that actually has a poison warning on the back. If you choose your older kids, adults, you want to use fluoride, research it. I'm not a big fan. And if you have questions, you can certainly ask me about it. And that's not what this is about. It's more just Let's be safe and cautious with our kids and what we're putting in their mouths, especially when they have a hard time just figuring out how to swallow, not swallow, how much they're going to put on the brush. I don't have to worry about the xylitol. If they swallow it, good. Xylitol actually does some good things inside as well. Okay, so there you go. We're going to hopefully realize that natural cough drops are a much better alternative. And... The Xylowite toothpaste or a kid's toothpaste without the fluoride, without the SLS and all that garbage in it might be a really good alternative. Make those two changes. Do it now. Do it this weekend. Make those two changes. Come into Vitality. Mention Vitality Radio. We'll give you a discount on both of those. They're cheap anyway. They're like for three-something for the toothpaste and two for five for the Zand uh, lozenges. And then the biggie, just remember... Where you're getting your information from, sometimes the government's not the best source when it comes to your RDA. And if you have more questions about calcium, osteoporosis, all that kind of stuff, please give us a call. 801-292-6662 is our number. And that is uh, where you can find me, Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful, 107 South, 500 West. It's been a pleasure bringing you the show. I love doing it every week. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. 
Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.